it's like Edward Forty Hands, though. Like, I feel like I can't put it down now. <laughs> You're listening to Magrito Podcast Network, celebrating the culture of Chicanos and Latinos one story and voice at a time. Connect on social, on Instagram and Facebook at Magrito. Find all the Magrito Podcast Network shows over at magrito.net. Gentlemen and low lights. Back again with another episode of Emo Brown, the podcast brought to you by Grasshopper. For all your medicinal recreational cannabis needs, Grasshopper is the place to go. Take your Emo Brown social credit card. Slam that bad boy on the table. Get yourself 15% off. And remember, if that shit don't clack, that shit is whack. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Padre season, and we're here with Lord Podcast himself, John Gennaro. John Gennaro. We tried to do this once before, but we did it right before the season started and things happened and uh, moves moves were made yeah. with our uh, friendly local team roster that I felt like, you know what? Let's do it again, and I'll probably release it the same day as Meticha Monday today. That's fine. That's fine. And we'll do it today, man. We, 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 we're Before we get into all that, who are you? What are you? Why the fuck are you here, sir? I don't know. You like me. I do. I, I like, really do. I like you. It was a really weird situation right now. I just put something in my mouth. That was the wrong time to do That's that. Okay. Two white people leaving, one coming in to the podcast. I had Kevin outside. He just left the office. Did Kevin leave? He was, he, he was out here and he was in the room and, and then he left. And then Jim Rulin, I just finished up the interview with Jim Rulin. Buy the book. SST Corporate Rock Sucks. Talking to this guy just opened my eyes to a lot of cool things. I already thought he was an awesome guy, but he's a white dude leaving the office. And then another white guy comes in. It's like white boy central today at, three, at Emo Brown, Three Punk Studios. See, like all of a sudden you're just sitting there. You're like, man, I've been hanging out with a lot of white people lately. And the next thing you know, we own this place. Hey, That's how mouth? it works. That's how it works. That's not going to happen here. Not on, not on my block. Oh, our money spends though. <laughs> this is my town. <laughs> the song that Would you, you open with. Go ahead. Do I remember correctly? Is that you singing? Yeah, yeah. Is that also you drumming? Yes, I was the uh, Phil Collins of my era. Who is? Well, you're not singing drumming at the same time while you're recording. Well, no, that's that would be silly. Yeah, be, but it yeah. shows. That's what would happen. That's what would go down. That'd be hard. I mean, yeah. those those are those are some good. good I wasn't the lead singer, but that and, and yeah. a couple of songs. Right, I had the, some verses. The, the, the drumming was very creative, and to be singing on top of that would be difficult. I imagine. But I've never heard somebody say my drumming was creative. What the fuck does that even mean? I haven't, I haven't really heard it except right there. It was pretty good. Uh, who's? I mean, the bass player was having a good old time. Oh though. yeah, it was. Yeah, they were, they were always doing those kinds of songs. Yeah, yeah. I love I love when the bass player just like all of a sudden is happy shit. Yeah. Look at you, man. Look at you. You're coming in here just dropping compliments. I mean, it's a good song. Where are you from? What are you about? Shh. What podcast do you represent? What's your, what is your career path? Why are you moving to Carlsbad? Who are you repping? What's going oh, on? Yeah. I know See, all of the things. This is the thing. We didn't, uh, the last podcast we talked about me moving to Carlsbad. No one's ever going to hear that. Uh, I remembered after I left, I was like, there was like three or four times where before I said something, I was like, oh, Craig's going to be mad at me for this. Oh no. And so now I'm like, oh good. Like that podcast is go by the wayside. Craig doesn't have to be mad at me for any of that. I'll find the clips and I'll release it. Go for it. I don't care. Done. Uh, so I am one half of the Padres hot tub podcast. Indeed. Uh, I'm also the writer of bandwagon beach on okay. Substack, which is a daily San Diego Padres newsletter that kind of died in the off season, but I haven't signed up for it. Why not? It's still free. But no, no, I know. No, it's not for a lack of want. Okay. It, I, I, 
follow it on Twitter with you. Uh, so anytime you post it, I'm like, oh, cool. What's going on here? I get a lot more people. So like I have, I don't know, like 250 subscribers, right? Already? That's that's good, right? I mean, I did it like pretty much all last season. Okay. And, uh, but every time I post something, it gets like 600 views. And I was like, I don't understand. I only got like 200 something subscribers. How are they all getting? And it's, and I checked and it's like, they're all just coming in through Twitter. Okay. It's just people that see it on Twitter and click on it. And I'm like, Twitter is cool like that. Twitter is cool like that. But also like Twitter's a fire hose. Like you could miss stuff. You could easily miss something. Unless you have like my tweet notifications turned on. Every time I tweet, you get a notification about it. Like you could, you don't do that. What do you mean? Is this you telling me how how popular you are on the Twitter? I'm just saying Twitter platform. I, like I, I can't I, obviously leave my notifications on. Do you know how I'm off my phone no, no, be no. all the time? No, I'm saying like so. There there are three people who like every single time they tweet, I get a notification about it. Like I've set my tweet notifications for those people. Thank you for that. I appreciate you. Yeah. Oh wait, not me. Fuck. I, I <laughs> often I often wonder if anyone has tweet notifications turned on for me. My guess is zero. But if it was even one, like, I don't think I want to meet that person. No, I don't think I have notifications on for anybody. It's just whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm in the default of Twitter in the Twitter world. Yeah. I'm, I'm a newbie when it comes to Padres Twitter. I read everything. I watch everything. I rarely comment. Sometimes I'm high and I'm talking shit and I'll be like, oh, Padres Twitter, Twitter at it again. Oh, being cheap Padres Twitter, having a meltdown, things like that. But yeah. aside from that, man. I steer clear of that toxic shit, man. It, it's crazy in Padres Twitter. They want to fire people. They want people dead. Eric Hosmer is a god. Eric Hosmer is horrible. It's like, geez, it's only four games in, and here we are. This is the funny thing, and maybe this is how we transition into Padres talk. So Padres are three and one. Mm. Best player on the team through the first series is probably Jerks and Profar. What's up? And everyone has been tweeting me and Craig all day. Going like, oh, what's going on with? Is this going to be the profile that we see? Is is uh, he had one really good year with Bob Melvin and the A's? Is he the key to everything? Is it the the new hitting coach? Is it what's going on with profile? And I was like, man, we don't need to predict everything. We don't need to have opinions on everything. Like it can just be cool to be like, hey, Jerks and Profile had a really good series. I hope he stays hot. Like it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. Or does it? Yeah, it probably does. I'm telling you, bro. That's why we're here. We're a one trick pony town. I can give you a jerks and profile hot take if that's what I'm here for. All right, go ahead. I was going to say we're a one trick pony town as in the Padres are our everything. Craig Elson would disagree with the soccer's. I see that point of view as well, mm. but people love themselves. Some fucking San Diego Padres. That's we live or die by the fucking scoreboard and the end of game stat sheet. Okay. So this is, this is what you mean. And like, Craig's not going to get offended by this. This is what you mean by a, a one trick pony of a town, right? So bandwagon beach. I write every day during the season about the San Diego Padres. Plug number two. Well, Plug play, number two. Bro. During the off season, I was like, what should I do with this? Should I write about other things? And I wrote like two posts that were not about the Padres. One of them was about like myself and just trying to like write about random shit. It didn't go anywhere. And then another post I wrote was about the Chargers. And I just told you, my Padres posts get like 600 views per post, right? The Chargers post got like 13,000. Well, yeah. And I know why. Because every time you post something about the Chargers, you take a picture of that killer calf with that bolt tattoo on it. I can't wait to cover that up. That's probably going to be the the little emo brown logo right over that bolt. Say less. I'll pay for it, man. I'll get it for you right now. Let's do it. I'll get you one guy down here. He'll get you a tattoo on it right now. Let's do it. We can cover Mm. up this Padres thing too because I I hate the blue Mm. and I want to get a new Padres thing that's like brown and yellow. So we can, yeah, emo brown dude right here. That's fine. You're paying. The only reason I haven't done it is A, I haven't had the right idea. B, I don't want to pay for it. Cheap. Um, What was I saying? 
Some bullshit, bro. Some, some, some. Oh. <laughs> so, you want to jerk some proof, Arte? So this is this is why, like, the Union Tribune still employs people that cover nothing but the Chargers, right? Like Nick Canaba basically covers the Chargers. Why? Because when you post about the Chargers, this town still cares. Engagement. You still get the most amount of clicks on the Chargers. You still get whatever. Second most to that is the Padres. Third most to that is. Zero. San Diego State, ASEC football, yeah, basketball. I mean, yes, all of those things. And soccers and gulls and seals and all of them are zero. If I like I did a post about the San Diego Loyal during the last season when I went and hung out with the, the locals for a game and I wrote about it and it got like mm, 125 views. And I know if I did another one, it would probably get less than that. So like everyone else is basically zero and the chargers don't actually exist despite the fact that they are the team that people care the most about San Diego. So you're right that we're a one-trick pony, and that is all Padres. It really is. From a sports perspective. As it should be, man. That's the one team that we, we, we I look forward every year to opening day, you know? And then obviously, we've been throwing some curveballs the last three opening days. Cheers, actually, before we get into this. We're drinking Resol Mezcal Artesanal from the homie Mike Metcalf and his people down here. Salud. Salud, viejo. It's a nice, nice, nice smoky burn. I've yet to find a mezcal I didn't like. Mm-hmm. I found some that I love. Yeah. Found some I like. I've yet to find a single one that I didn't like. Big fan. Big fan. Um, I'm a 1942 guy when it comes to tequila. I enjoy that. I've, I've, been, I've done tequila tours, you know, and, and I feel like I, I come from a, a place of, of education when it comes to tequila and recommendations. But when it comes to mezcal- Is this because you took the train? Uh, no, nah, I, I, I look into it. It turns out in our family, we have- a, uh, family members that own a tequileria down in Jalisco. So, oh no shit. Yeah, I don't. I I've had their bottles up here and I've drank them. They're very good, but I don't remember the name. So, oh man, yeah, I'm telling you, my pellet is exquisite. You're <laughs> letting the family down, big uh, time. So maybe you can explain this to me. This never made any sense to me. One day, uh, I was making my ties or something. I sent my wife out to go get some rum because we didn't have any rum, which I feel bad about because I love rum. I usually have rum. I like like <laughs> good rum. Like you can sip on it. It's fantastic. And she came back with a bottle of añejo rum. Oh, how? I mean, that's just basically it's barrel aged and, and smoked barrels, añejo. Is that so, what añejo means? Yeah, it's broken okay. down. There's reposado, it's blanco, there's añejo. Each one is-, is the, only, uh, the only añejo before that I had ever heard of was tequila. And tequila. And I just, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is like a type of tequila. I didn't know what it meant. I was like, it's just a type of tequila. It's like when we put beer in like a, a, a nice Russian Imperial style yeah. or a nice little brown ale into a barrel, you know, for, for post-fermentation aging, like we sometimes we'll put it in a mezcal barrel. We'll put it in a rum barrel. Yeah. We'll put it in, in something that añejo. Yeah. And you just get that color, that that flavor profile. I mean, yeah, it's all yeah. the same thing, bro. Okay. When I tell you I got a little bit of a background in this, oh, you I'm, got not, it. I'm not fucking with you. I don't know why we're not making mezcal right now. <laughs> How do I know you? Well, sirs uh, and ladies and low lives, I know John Gennaro from the podcasting world, one, um, the Twitter world, two, and just hanging out and being an all-around good guy on bike rides with us. And we, we, we connected over the pandemic. It was fun. It was awesome. You've met my wife and child. I have. You've, they've been to uh, my house and they've saw us at, on the on the treehouse. Yep. I have a picture of you urinating on my yard <laughs> on the fence. So, I mean, we're, we've become close. You've taught me things that I've, uh, I, I'm stubborn. I don't oh, yeah. always, I don't always ask people I for forgot assistance. I forgot we did this in the last podcast. I don't always ask people. I'm trying to, I'm trying to go back. And, yeah, and no, I, don't, I don't remember any of that though. So this is good. <laughs> you drink a lot. Um, I, <laughs> I reach out to people sometimes, even though I'm stubborn and I say, Hey man, you are an expert in your field. So your LinkedIn tells me, so you are Lord podcast. 
I asked Caesar, hey man, set up a lunch date with this fucking guy. Let's take him out. Let's get some tacos and have some drinks. And I want to pick his brain about- oh, We had some seafood. Was, yeah, uh, yeah. Marisco's TJ Oyster Bar, Benita Rhodes yeah. Finest. We sat down, we shot the shit. I picked your brain. And I said, hey man, this is what I'm looking for. I'd like to keep building this Emo Brown thing. There seems to be something behind it. People uh, are taking to it. How do I do this? How do I do that? Thank you. That's how I know you. You you actually gave me some some useful advice that I feel like I've done good use with and I've put it to good use rather. And above and beyond that, I know you from the bike rides and I know that you do some killer Padre talk. I try. I try. Like for for a long time I actually felt like I was riding the coattails of Craig Elston on the the what used to be called Make the Padres Great Again, now Padres Hot Tub. Mappa. And now I feel <laughs> I feel a lot more like I am someone that people actually care about when they talk about the Padres. So there's definitely a yin and yang aspect yeah. to both you and Craig. You guys fucking kill it, man. You know, I, I know there is like our, our best podcast when we disagree, which, which is not that's what people want. It's not that often. And like we've made it a point to never disagree on purpose. Mm. It's never like, oh, you have this take and I'm going to have this one. Like we don't really talk about the Padres outside of during the podcast. And then when we disagree. We're just like, okay, we got to go full in on this. Yeah. But yeah, I, during the last podcast, that'll never see the light of day. Uh, I thanked you for being the type of person that takes advice because I've given a lot of advice, pretty much podcasting advice. Cause I don't know shit about anything else. Uh, to, to Lord be, podcast, to other people in town, not a name I gave myself. And uh, everyone generally ignores my advice or they say thank you and then they do nothing with it. And there's nothing more frustrating than feeling like you, you've you had your time wasted and you take my advice most of the time and like really, and like most of the time my advice to you is like, this is gonna be more work for you, a person who doesn't have time for more work. So like take it or leave it and you always take it. So uh, everyone that that loves the Emo Brown Discord, you're welcome. Everyone that hates it, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, um, sounds but, about white, go ahead. Keep yeah. it up. <laughs> But like, I, you have done stuff with the Emo Brown podcast and community that I would have never been able to do, that I would have never dreamed of doing. Um, but I, I just, I, I like, I feel like I helped push you in that direction. Thank you. No, that's this was definitely me giving you credit for helping me yeah. on doing that. Thank yeah, you, and like, I, I, I couldn't have helped you if you didn't listen. Mm -hmm. And then like. The, the great thing you do is you take my ideas and you make them better. Yeah, that, like, that's, I feel like that's what I do and, and at the brewery or anything I do. I don't make the beer you drink, Gennaro. I make the beer you drink better. I don't make the podcast you listen to. Wasn't that SAP or some, some like random company had commercials where they, we don't make the stuff you use. But it was awesome and yeah, it, it was, stuck with it's me. So and good. it's true, man. I mean, I'm not the brewer here. I just, you know, we package what we have and we take it to the next level and we make it. You know, we do this podcast. I grab it. I, I clean it up a little bit and we put it out there. So thank you for that. Tell me a little bit about Hot Tub. I want to learn more about what to expect moving forward this new young three and one season. Well, um, should be four and oh. So we'll continue to do Padres Hot Tub every Monday. Yes. Uh, last year we started doing uh, a live podcast that we then record and put on the podcast feed called Group Therapy, where we talk to people on our own Padres Hot Tub Discord server. Um, and this year I've started doing kind of a companion to that, which is a post game show on our discord server. I've seen my email box blows up every, every post game. I'm like, all right, what's going on? I haven't learned. I haven't heard one yet. So I usually do, I've done two. I'm probably going to do like two or three a week. It's basically like when I've had the opportunity to watch the whole game and I'm not busy immediately afterwards, I'm like, screw it. I'll do it. And it's usually like 15, 20 minutes. It's a quick recap. This is what happened in the game. Here's my thoughts on the game. I want to hear from you guys. 
And usually I have one or two or three different people come in, ask a question, voice their opinion, whatever, boom, we're out. It's And I've had a lot of positive feedback, especially from people that are like, I wasn't able to watch the game or I wasn't able to watch the whole game. So it was really good for me to get like your perspective and your recap and all that stuff. So we're doing that. Uh, we also have a once a week, supposed to be once a week podcast series called Have a Drink, where we interview people very Emo Brown style, sit down one-on-one oh, type oh. of thing. For all those of you who enjoy Padre Sata, you're welcome, as that was my idea. Sure. The table has turned now, Gennaro. No, I'm constantly stealing ideas. Constantly. <laughs> Weird. Sounds about white. Sounds about white. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's where I am. That's what you can find me doing. And this season, I'm I'm like I'm all in on the Padres. Yeah. Every morning, I'm writing about Bandwagon Beach. Uh, I'm pretty much podcasting about the Padres every night because again, Monday is Padres Hot Tub. Thursday is Group Therapy, and then there's like two or three other nights where I'm doing post game shows. And there's been games every fucking night since opening day, and that's not going to end until after the Brave series. Yeah, so they got they got we got one today. They got three in San Francisco. Three in San Francisco. And then the we night. got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at home. Yep, against the Braves, which I'm excited about. Which ones are you going to? All of them. All of them. Yes, I'll see yeah, you yeah, yeah. Uh, Friday and Sunday. Forty game ticket or eighty one game season. Eighty one. Oh, get it, goal. Get this it. will this will be the last year's eighty one though. Why? Because I'm moving to Carlsbad. And it's harder, man. For I'm who? not. I'm me. I'm not a night person. I'm a morning person. All right. So like driving home after a game. How far is Petco from Carlsbad? <laughs> I don't know what goes on past the eight, in all honesty. I could care less. Probably so, like 35, 40 minutes. That's a lot. It's a lot. At the, in the middle of the night when you're tired, you've been... Mm. So, uh, yeah. it's And like the the trolley doesn't go all the way up there. I would have to take the trolley to like a train station and do that. So I think after this, it'll it'll drop to a 40-game package or something. Nobody likes a quitter, Gennaro. Nobody likes quitting. a quitter. I'm just stepping down. Mm-hmm. But that's next season. This season, all in, 81 games. Um, but me and Craig are... Uh, we, we're not really secretive about it. We sell the tickets that are going to make us the most money. So usually last season we sold. It's very anti-Padres Twitter. Of I you. know. That's I know. very anti-Padres Twitter. Last season. You we, probably sell Dodger tickets to Dodger fans. Last season we sold all of our tickets to Dodger games with the exception of one. And Craig brought like two of our patrons. Cause one of the things we do, you pay five bucks a month to be one of our patrons and we have three tickets. And if it's me, I'll, I'll bring like my wife and kid. If it's Craig, he'll bring his wife and kid. But if it's me and Craig, we usually got one left over. That's weird. I've been on your fucking Patreon for quite some time. I've never gotten the nod on the shoulder like, hey, bring him in, coach. I have offered. And your response is always, I already have season tickets. What yeah. do I need yours for? Plus, yours are better than mine. You have pointed this out. Go ahead. So uh, <laughs> we- You're we, a dickhead. I love it. You, you came firing today. I did. Uh, we, we tend to bring a lot of patrons to, to games with us. But yeah, so last year, Craig went to a game. I was in Florida. He went to a Dodgers game with two of our patrons. Um, but we sold every other Dodger game. We sold all the Giants games, I think, except one. Uh, this year, I was already eyeing. I was like, ooh, Cubs, Mets, like those are those are good sellers. And so I asked Craig, I was like, we're going to open a day, right? He was like, let's sell it. No. I was like, are you kidding me? But this is the whole, do you know about Tony going opening day? Yeah. Oh, it has second game of the year, right? Yeah. So we have- for years, even before we had season tickets. How dare you? We always go to How Sony. dare you try to mansplain me right now, bro? I'm just, just in case. What's wrong with you? We always go to Where's Sony. Where's the unsubs- unsubscribe button for your Patreon? I'm going to push that shit right there. Stop <laughs> button right there. Uh, we, we always go to Tony Gwynn opening day. So we're selling opening day. We're going to Tony Gwynn opening day. Saturday, Craig can have the tickets or we'll sell them. That's up to him. Sunday, I'm bringing my family and then we'll figure it out after that. I'm excited, man, because opening day is always such a tradition, you know, and this year is no different than any other year. We have our spots. We go to Bottle Rocket for the last... Pff, 
ever since I could remember. Oh, me and uh, me and Eli made our cards clank together what? the other day. That's kinky. Yeah. If they don't clack, you know it's whack. Yeah, it was like uh, Crossing Streams. Oh, look not, at all the references. Not, look the podcast, <laughs> not the podcast, Sword Fight, I don't oh, know. Oh man. So we are gonna go to Bottle Rocket, partake in a cocktail and a fucking cheesesteak. Every year since I was able to go out and drink and go to a Padre opening day or even most, most games, we go to the field. We go to the field and Ooh. I'll get an Irish car bomb and I break and then I reverse engineer that Irish car bomb into a whiskey and a pinchy uh, Guinness. Yeah. So we have a good time there, have yeah. that. And then we walk over to the stadium. So this year we're meeting up with some friends. Uh, they're doing an event. Uh, Tribal, Bobby Tribal is going to be doing an event your uh, basic, what is that? The, the pizza basic, joint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're going to do it. So, I mean, it's it's tradition, man. The, the only thing that's different this year is that our whole family's not going. Usually my parents go and my sister well, and, and usually my husband it's like a, and wifey and me. Usually it's like a 3.30 start. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Five o'clock or something yeah, like Yeah, so we didn't buy extra tickets this year. Yeah. So it's just going to be the, the two of us, uh, my brother-in-law and myself. So it'll be fun. Anybody out there listening to uh, meet us at uh, Bottle Rocket, probably around three. Make, it, card out. make it Make that card clack, get that discount. See what uh, Eli throws on the menu board for us for a discount that day. That's all fun and exciting shit. But let's get down to the nitty gritty. First place Padres. Three and one first place Padres. Yeah. Should be four and oh first place Padres. Probably. Should happen. What do you like? Can I curse? Fuck yeah. What do you like? What don't you like? What are you unsold on? And don't use the unsold on button yet so frequently since it's only four games in. I want you to take make hot takes today. Hot takes. Come on, guy. Um, <clears throat> I'm in on everything. You. With the possible exception of, hold on, I'm doing math in my head. The possible exception of Will Myers. Oh, man. <clears throat> That's it. He Welcome looks- to the club. He's having a hard time. He's having a hard go at it. He's having a hard time. And like, Will usually starts the season hot and cools off later. I don't know. Um, but it's it's a new manager. Mm-hmm. We've seen that the manager like actually does affect Will. Uh, it's a new hitting coach. Maybe they're trying stuff. Maybe it's going to get there. I don't know. But everyone else to me looks somewhere between fine and great. Our catchers. Amazing. Alfaro. And Austin Nola, I like the way they're handling themselves. I like the way they're handling the staff. I was so out. You, the podcast that's that's going to be lost to forever was me screaming about Jose or Jorge Alfaro better not make this fucking What's team. What's up, dog? Where you at now? I'll make sure I'll find that clip. I was, uh, I think I was putting this in the Padres hot tub discord during the, the game where Alfaro uh, caught and he was the starting catcher and, and Nola was the DH. And I was like, I wanted to hate Alfaro so much. And I was like, but- this dude looks like he could bench press a car and his pop time is like Austin Hedges level. He has a fucking fuck, cannon. Bro. He has a fucking cannon. And he knows how to locate it. And, and if he can connect with a baseball, it's gone. Like he, the dude hits fucking missiles, missiles to the farthest part of the park. He has one he problem one there. He has one problem. He swings at every pitch. It's Every not a problem pitch. if he hits it. It's not, a, but like, here's the thing is the Diamondbacks, if you watch that game where he started, it's like the first couple, uh, the first couple times he came up, they were like, oh, let's not throw him any strikes. So we'll put stuff like right outside. And then like 
The next at bat, they were like further outside. And the third at bat, they're just like, just throw it in the fucking dirt. It doesn't even need to make it to the plate. And he'll swing at it. And then he was swinging at them and they were like, why did we bother throwing it anywhere near the strike zone? So there's a scouting report on that dude. I'm positive that says, do not even bother throwing it anywhere near the plate because if he makes contact, it's out loud. Mm -hmm. But this thing I said, so AJ Preller has always been described as a GM that likes loud tools. And I was like, I don't know if I've ever seen a player with louder tools than Jorge Alfaro. I mean, his hair for one. The hair, the cannon, the 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 bat that if he even just makes any sort of contact, it's just, <laughs> just gone. Like that is the toolsiest player I, I've I've seen outside of maybe jerks and Profar, who's toolsy in a completely different way. Um, but those two guys represent a lot of potential, and AJ Preller is like all in on potential. I'm a big fan of the battery combo of Nola and Alfaro. I like I like the way they get down. Also, Nola's all business. If he's fucking healthy, we know he can produce. If he's healthy, he's great. And I feel like he might be healthy. He took a, a mm. bulk part of the year off last season, man. And then mm. you don't think so? What what where are you not sold on with him not being healthy? So it's kind of like football, right? Mm-hmm. So if you play football, professional football, NFL level football, you played football as a kid. You played football as a teenager. You played football in high school, right? And the high school hits are harder than the Pop Warner hits, but you're used to the Pop Warner hits. And so it makes it easier for you to get used to the high school hits. And then you get to college and the college hits are harder than the high school hits, but they're not that much harder than the high school hits. And you were already used to the high school hits. And then after you get from college to the NFL, the NFL hits are harder than the college hits by like a wide margin, but it's not nearly as big of a jump from like Pop Warner to the NFL or nothing to the NFL, right? A catcher's body has to be built to take a certain level of destruction. Your knees, your thighs, your back, your chest, everything is getting hit, torn, pushed, pulled as a catcher. And Austin Nola spent his entire minor league career as a second baseman shortstop. And then because his brother is a very good major league pitcher, he was like, teach me how to be a catcher. I'll be a catcher. Does he know how to be a catcher? Absolutely. Does he have the body type of a catcher? No. He looks like a skinny little dude. And what happens? Oh, his knee hurts. His leg hurts. His thigh hurts. He broke a finger. He broke a whatever. And it's like, these are all the little things that like get built up and tolerated in your body over high school, college, minor leagues. So when you get to the majors, it's like, oh, that finger's been broken a thousand times. Like, I'm not worried about that. I can catch through that. Uh, but Austin Nola doesn't have that tolerance built up because he was a middle infielder, right? And so I'm worried. I'm just worried that his body can't hold up to the, but like, again, put, put him next to Jorge Alfaro. A dude has been catching his whole life. It looks like he can bench press a car. He has thighs the size of Georgia. Like it, it's one of them looks like a catcher and one of them looks like a dude who's cosplaying as a catcher. <laughs> And do I love Austin Nola at the plate? Yeah. Do I think he's a good catcher? Absolutely. Do I think his body is built to hold up as a MLB catcher? I do not. Well, good thing Alfaro's is. I mean, I guess. Right? I'm I mean, gonna, if I'll, not, we have Campusano just hanging out, chilling, waiting in the fucking shadows, an, lurking. Another guy who's got a catcher's body. Yeah. I'm Look. A little bit of a weed addiction, but ain't nothing wrong with that, playboy. No, we live in California. Some of the best things I do in life are while on weed. Yeah, I mean, he was stupid enough to get caught with weed in Georgia, but- He's not from America. Maybe he doesn't know shit about Georgia. Bitch, he was from Georgia, though. 
Look it up. How are you going to ro- operate the Padres hot tub and not know that Capusano's got roots there in Georgia, man? I knew there was some reason. Come he was on, in Georgia guy. Family come or whatever, on, but, guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's the thing. Nola gets hurt. Campusano gets yeah. pulled up. I think we're good there. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm not. There's, it's it's kind of like the starting pitching. Like the mm-hmm. starting pitching, there's you're already seeing signs of like, ooh, like maybe Clevenger's not healthy. Maybe Snell's not healthy. Well, good thing we have like nine starting pitchers. Good thing we have like three quality catchers. So that Very true. at any point, one of them can, can get hurt and we still got two. No worries. We got somebody. First baseman, Eric Hosmer, everyone's favorite. This year is the breakout year. He's going to make it happen. Or is it going to be ho-hum status quo business as usual with Eric Hosmer at first this year? Look, this is the thing with Profar, right? We're not there yet, ho. No, no, no. We're but, not fucking there no, yet. Just, this is the thing about three and one. You can look at a three and one team and you can go, this is the team they're going to be all year. Or you, or, or you can look and go like, wow, the Diamondbacks are fucking terrible. And we both could be true. As, yes. But you could say the Diamondbacks are terrible and we don't know anything about the Padres outside of the fact that they can beat a terrible baseball team. Something we couldn't do last season, by the way. They were not good at it last season. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the manager is fixing a lot. A lot, man. He's fixing yeah. a lot of that. A lot of people um, underestimate the value and, and the worth of a solid veteran manager. Oh, I here's the thing. I thought it was going to be a big deal. Mm-mm. I didn't think it was going to be this big a deal. Yeah. It's already a big deal. And so uh, if you're going to tell me Hosmer is going to have like a really good year because the new hitting coach is helping him elevate the ball and Bob Melvin knows how to manage him. Sure. Like Eric Hosmer was so mismanaged last year that he arguably sunk the season for the Padres. If Bob Melvin can like manage him and get him to a good place where he's not sinking the season and actually he's playing his best baseball, we may not trade him. <laughs> that's great. Like, here's the thing: he got twenty million dollars a year from the Padres because he played a season that made it seem like he was almost worth twenty million dollars a year. He's capable of it. In Bring it back in some way, shape, or form. Uh, do I? It would be silly to predict that it's going to happen, but it's not outside the realm of possibilities. Two eighty, twenty, eighty-five. I'll take those for Ooh. the entry level fucking numbers yeah. or anything over fucking one, anything, please. Yeah. That'll, that'll be a win for me and Hawsey. That's all I want, bro. His, his, uh, his war getting into advanced stats. It's, it's the fine. only, it's, it's the only one I ever quote. That's, that's the only one that matters. His war since he got to the Padres, like season by season, not even overall is like 0.0, mm-hmm. 0.1, negative mm-hmm. 0.4, 0.1. Like he is a replacement level player. If he can finish the season with a war of like fuck one, yeah, or more, that is take a it, huge take it easy. Though. Take it easy. Let, let's go for one first. Let's one, go yeah, for one. one. Wait a minute. With Hosmer, we got to deal him on a year to year basis. This is an even year. How does he do on even years? Well, it doesn't. Apparently, it doesn't fucking matter when he's with the Padres because he's been shit all year, every year. Well, except for uh, twenty twenty when he was juicing. Hey, watch and, your mouth. I mean, dog. I mean he did. He, can you prove it? Yeah. No. Well, then let's let's relax, bro. I don't want you. I don't want you losing I'm, your your Carl's bad home. I'm giving over him, some I'm, reckless commentary. I'm giving him credit, man. You know, <laughs> like here's the thing. Why did Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa take steroids? Baseball needed it at the time because baseball didn't care. Mm. They were trying to hit the most home runs because the most home runs equaled the most money mm. for their family. They baseball. were doing they were doing what was best. Baseball needed it. That's true. But they were doing what was best for their family. Eric Hosmer. In 2020, they're like, hey, we're not drug testing players anymore. You know what's best for his family at that point? Sticking a needle in his ass and taking that juice and becoming a better hitter. Now, did it affect his health? Yeah, apparently he couldn't eat anything and he was vomiting and all that shit. But 
Damn, is this like breaking news? Is this like a hot take? No, did you miss the part of 2020 where Hosmer missed like 30 games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't eat? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just some saying. Wasn't he high all the time too? No, that was uh, that was Myers. Oh. Remember Myers collapsed yeah. the year before yeah. at a comedy show? Because he was high? Yeah. That's my guy, dog. <laughs> that, was, that was my buddy Dallas that I was saying you'd have on the podcast. Dallas was like hosting the show. We're We've been flirting online. Do it. Dallas McLaughlin, correct? Yeah. All right. Uh, Dallas was hosting the show and Will Myers basically like got too high and collapsed, like passed out. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Hosmer could have an okay year, uh, but outside of 2020 where I'm completely convinced he was juicing, he's not been good with the Padres in any single year. Jake Cronenworth, mm, he's already a stud, bro. That's my boy. He's not doing, he can do no harm, bro. That is my boy. He can do zero harm. That is, love him. Here's the thing about Jake Cronenworth. I just finished doing a, uh, a radio show. Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm putting this in quotes ooh, ooh. with John Browner. Uh-huh. You know John Browner? Yeah, yeah. On the Mighty Year 1090. Yeah. He's got a show called Browner and Lawhead, him and Jason Lawhead. You know Jason Lawhead? I do not know that name. He's a local comedian. Good dude. Okay. Really good dude. Um, your, your octaves in the tone went up a little bit, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that you're lying, but go ahead. When I said good dude? I'm good, good dude. I'm a good dude. It was one of those, like, <laughs> I'm going to call him a good dude, but I don't know him personally. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but Jason Lawhead was flying back from Augusta. So John Browner needed me to fill in. And John Browner was like the theme. Was of- that today or when was that? It was today. Was, oh, it was like you, hours ago. You. I told you, this is podcast three of pick, five. Today. Pick that dick up, dog. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> it, all, it just hangs there. Uh, uh, John Browner was like the theme of today's show is expectations and how expectations really warp reality, right? So with Hosmer, we have expectations because of his contract and all that shit. With Manny Machado, we have certain expectations because he's Manny Machado. They gave him $300 million to come here, all that. Our expectations for Jake Cronenworth, they're not Manny Machado expectations. They're not Fernando Tetis Jr. expectations. They're not, they're just like, be a good baseball player. And he hits them every time. And it's like, it's the perfect place for him to be in. He, he We don't have outsized expectations for him. He doesn't have a huge contract to live up to, unfortunately, poor guy. Uh, and He will. Probably not. You don't think so? No, because- Where's so, his cap? Where, 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 where does he fucking have his ceiling? Well, so what happened with him is that he was in the minors for so long that the Rays were basically like, they gave up on him, right? They just threw him in the Tommy Pham trade. Take this dude, right? We can't figure out if he's a relief pitcher or a backup shortstop or whatever. Or but, AJ Preller knew and said, no, we'll only take Pham if you throw in this dude. And it's possible. But don't fucking don't 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 just. But here's the thing. Sweet Preller is a genius aside. But bro. here's the thing. He spent so long in the minors that by the time he hits free agency, he's gonna be like 32. Okay. And like you don't get big money at 32. You get big money at 27, 28, 29. You do not get big. Not money even at 29, man. Aaron Judge is having a hard time right, trying to exactly. nail that down. So Cronenworth's gonna hit free agency. I think I have this right at like 31, 32. So like he might get like oh a five year deal. He might get like a three-year deal yeah. that pays him like 15, 20 million a year. Well, I hope it's here with the Padres, bro. I hope it is too. But his he is rock solid. He hits or exceeds our expectations every year. And he's gonna do it again this year. Solid glove. Love him. Intelligent baseball player. Great feet. Great Fantastic. right side of the infield. Fantastic feet. If Cronenworth's at first and Kim is at second. He has not. So we moved to short where Kim is currently placed. He seems to be a... He stepped it up from last year. That dude is locked in. He's swinging at balls that I don't think he would have even made solid contact at last season. Correct. One sticks out, a 95 mile an hour fucking fastball. Came in, bing, turn around. And I was like, all right. 
Triple? Yeah. yeah. I was like, all right. Yeah. This is my dude. Yeah. And you could see, because, you know, obviously they're going to post that they're working on it off season. And he was out there working with other minor league and major league pitchers who pump it up in the high 90s just, just so you can get acclimated. My biggest, uh, hope it doesn't happen mentality is don't start jerking this kid around, taking him out of the lineup, putting him in the lineup, taking it out of the lineup, putting him back in the lineup. Where do you see Ace on Kim currently and in the future? Um, so I, I have said, uh, if he ever has a season where he plays in 140 games, he's going to win a gold glove. I also think there is an outside chance that if, if he were to play in 140 games in a season, he'd be an all-star. That's how good I think he is. Now I, I understand what he was last year, but he's a completely different player this year. And they have taught him to basically get his hips ready to hit. Like they're like, your whole body doesn't need to be ready to hit. You don't need to identify the pitch and then swing. You can start swinging with your hips and have your hips ready to go. And with your upper body, you can throw it. You can stop. Mm -hmm. If if it's not the pitch you want, you can stop with your upper body, but your your lower body's already there. And just that little like disconnect with your swing. We're gonna separate lower body from upper body, and your lower body's ready. So all you gotta do is pull your hands through. That's it, and you're ready. Um, has made all the difference in the world to him. He did that yesterday on the Sunday game against the Diamondbacks where it was three and two and the ball came in and his hips were engaged and he threw the arms out to swing, but he stopped and it was high and tight, drew the walk, kept the rally going. Right. And for me, I'm like, fuck yeah, dog. Yeah, last- He's doing shit already. And I, I mean, the Korean league- it, Respectfully, well, I mean, there is not the majors. No, I mean, their their fastball is in the KBO max low nineties. Yeah, I mean, maybe even just ninety. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so he just wasn't ready for 95, 96, 97, 98. and he's seen it now. But towards the end of last year, he was guessing. Mm. He'd be like, "Oh, I think they're going to throw a fastball, so I'm going to swing fastball," and he looked bad sometimes. And now, and this is the thing where like Kevin AC tweeted out something about, "Oh, his swing is still long." It's like, yeah, because he hasn't changed shit about his upper body. His upper body is the same swing he's probably had since he was 18. But what they did was they were like, if you get your hips there early. How the fuck do you know this, Gennaro? How, how, do, how do you know this? How do I know what? That they, that they, who are they and what did they teach Kim on swinging the hips through, engaging oh, no, the I hips? Mean, you, could, you could just see it. Like right. just the, the next time he comes but up. You got an insider, huh? You got, you, got, you, I, you got something in there. I have an insider in like Padres, the business side of uh -huh. things, but not the baseball side of okay. things. Um, and the business side of things doesn't matter for conversations like this, but just watch him. Just watch because you'll see you'll see his his hips start swinging and his his upper body still back. And then compared to his swing last year, where his whole body was one, he was basically a little tornado. His whole body would twist at the same time. And when he missed badly, you'd just see him Tasmanian devil into the ground, right. into the dirt. It looked like whoa. Right. And so now you can see they they've they've separated the body into lower body and upper body, and lower body basically engages in every pitch, and the upper body makes the decision. And and once and if the upper body makes the decision to go, the legs are there and they're ready to support the power. So it means that he's there. He, he doesn't have to guess on stuff. Um, he, he's also standing really, really far back in the batter's box, which he wasn't doing enough of last year. Uh, but he's bought himself milliseconds of yeah, time. Yeah, identification to, time, just time to prep and get engaged. He's, I mean, he's bought himself some time to make decisions on fastball. He's an intelligent player, bro. He's a very he's a very intelligent player. Yeah. So I I love Kim. I can't get enough of Kim. If if at some point. They were like, hey, we traded Hosmer and Cronenworth is first base and Kim is going to start every day at second base. I'd be all for it. Tatis if at short, Machado at third, Abrams in right, Grisham in center, 
Profar and left? We I still, mean, we're still with that shit, you're still, We're still dreaming a little bit. Yeah. Like, you know, CJ Abrams in right field, you're talking about we, we, we'll never get played there. that We'll position. get there. Played that position. We'll but, get there. But you asked me my opinion on Hassan Kim. I love him. I have no, I have zero negative things to say about Hassan Kim. I'm excited. I'm excited for Padres baseball. We're, we're obviously it's three and one, should have been four and four and oh, whatever, whatever. Should yeah, shit but, happens. That's baseball. But you know what? I, I was talking to somebody when that happened. I'm like, you know what? Good. Let's see Melvin get tested now. How is he going to fucking get this team to get on the right track again after a vicious, horrible, disgusting way to lose game one? An opening day in Arizona, a rival. You know, there's some tension. There's bad blood already, and Profar hasn't really made it any better. But you bring in this kid, and he fucking shits the bed, and then you bring in Stammen, and he does what Stammen does best. How do you come back with it? I think Melvin did. Melvin's already shown how awesome of a fucking manager so and, a, and a game manager more always, than anything. He always has a plan. Yes. The second Suarez blew up, mm-hmm. he knew exactly how he was going to get him back on track. Yeah. Let's he, bring you in a garbage game. Let's yep. bring you in. Okay, I gave up a home run. Good. Keep Fuck pitching. It. Do it. Keep You're going to keep pitching until you get back to your comfort zone that you were in the Japan and it was And it was like Suarez had one okay inning mm-hmm. where he gave up the home run, right? And then- Bob Melvin said, go on out, pitch another. Yeah. And what was Suarez going to say? No. Yeah, that's what he's here for. This is sure. his fucking dream. He's uh, wanted to be in the majors right. all of his life. Right. And he went out and he walked some guys and he struggled through it. But you know what? He survived. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I bet after that first outing, he was like, shit, I'm not, I'm not meant to be here. I'm not at this level. I'm not whatever. You can't let him dwell on that. And then he went out and he survived two innings. Gave up a run, but he survived two innings. And then he was probably like, all right, worst case scenario, I'm pretty good middle reliever. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a great series against the Giants. He might. I think you're going to put him in some situations where you're going to have to, he's going to have to pitch, bro. We'll he's going to have to pitch. We'll see. Like they, they have some dudes they'll go to before him, but. Who? Tim Hill. I think Tim, I've seen enough of Tim Hill. Tim bro. Hill, Taylor Rogers. I like him. Pierce Johnson. Love him. Um, Those are definitely the dudes in front of Suarez. Now, whenever Pomerantz comes back, he gets in front of him too. How about Stammen? Stammen's probably in front of him too. Um, we got to get rid of some of these guys, man. I don't know if Steven Wilson is a, a, above or below him. And he did very well. He did very well in his debut. Also made his big debut. fan, big fan. Yeah. I like Steven Wilson. Solid pitcher. Looks like, um, I hate Javi Guerra. Like, is that experiment over? <sighs> it's awesome. If you can throw high nineties, it's not awesome. If you throw high nineties and it doesn't move. Sometimes you just need someone to pitch the garbage innings and that's kind of his, like that should be Chris Matt's job, but watch it, your mouth. My Colombian ace right there picked up the slack for two innings yesterday. Did. All right. I, I love Chris Matt, but he, he's kind of the mop up guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he reminds I, me of Ogilvy in bad news bears. <laughs> I've never seen bad news. Bad news you have bears. no business being a baseball that's journalist true. commentator, whatever it is you describe yourself. That's like as. the only baseball fucking podcast movie I've ever seen or never seen. Um, yeah, I I do think I don't know if the experiment's over, but I think Javi Guerra's short leash, not long for the Padres. Manny Machado, third base. He's Manny Machado. Off to a slow start in the first two three games, but he's hey, he came around yesterday on Sunday. Nice little double, nice little single, doing his thing. His glove is still there. Duh, all things I think is at his peak. You think is this is where he is? And he's in the in the prime of his career, in the prime of his contract. Everybody, put away your fucking. He's going to walk after the year. He's not going fucking anywhere. This is where he belongs. He's going to be 30 next year. He's not going to get 30 plus next year when he has it this year already. It's over. Enjoy Machado for the rest of his career. He is a Padre. 
sporting the brown and gold. Right field, Will El Gallo Myers. El Gallo. I love him, dog. I love Will Myers as the dude that Will Myers is. I've just become accustomed to him just not being. He's better than this. I know. And, and, and it's true. He says baseball's a hard game, man. Sometimes you're on it. Sometimes he speaks fucking from the heart. He's a truthful dude. There's not much to hate about him. I love when he hits a home run and he comes into the dugout and he takes his helmet off. The first thing he does is put his hands in the back of his head and shake that hair up. Because <laughs> there's something going on back there. We see it. Just let it happen, Willie. Just let it happen, Gallo. He's better than this. I can't wait for him to show it. He usually rips in Arizona. He usually fucking kills Diamondback pitching. He didn't. And it was very sad. And he was a rally killer. He was everything we wanted Eric Hosmer to be. <laughs> and then some. I mean, he still, not that he had a lot of opportunity, he still played pretty good right field. It's never a question. I think I think the right field position, he's, he's better in left, but he can hold it down in right. He is a solid right fielder. I think he's an above average left fielder for <laughs> sure. And a below average center fielder when he never has again. to do it. Never again. Um, if you want to look at it optimistically, you can say like, hey, maybe he's working with the new hitting coach and they're trying something that's going to eventually make him better. But right now it's, it's not all the way implemented or whatever. Um, yeah, I, it, look- this is what I was saying. I think I said this on the last podcast we did, but I, I definitely said it uh, on a couple episodes of Padres Hot Tub right before the start of the season. <sighs> Padre fans have a problem where they compare the Padres roster to the Dodgers. Stop. And they're like, the Dodgers have no holes. Why do we have holes? And it's like, look, even the best of teams that are not the Dodgers have like an average right fielder, a platoon in left field a question mark in the bullpen. Like it's okay to have these things. It's okay to not have a perfect roster or a perfect team. Will Myers is an average right fielder. He's getting off to a slow start, but we know Will Myers. We know he's going to be an average hitter and play average defense. And he'll go in a tear for one week out of the month he'll for go, two series in a row. He'll and then he'll just, at some point. and he's going to disappear for about three or four spe- uh, series stretches at a time. We just got to we just got to hold on for those two series where he's just ripping. Here's the thing: if Will Myers is your seven or eight or even nine hitter, that's fine. Yeah. If if your team is good enough that he can be your seven, eight, push nine him all hitter, the way down. And honestly, like if you know when when Tatis comes back, like Myers might consistently be the seven or eight hitter yeah. unless he starts hitting better. I'll take that. And that's it's he, there are much worse seven and eight hitters in baseball and and on good teams too. Trent Grisham. If he's healthy, he's a fucking stud. He's a stud. I'd rather him be in a corner outfield spot. But he's why, 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 why do you say that though? Why? He's won a gold glove in center field, Gennaro. Lord Podcast. That's Padres Hot Tub. Well, if you filling in with John Browner. If Trent Grisham won a gold glove, then the Dodgers won a World Series. That season doesn't count. Go ahead, bro. That season doesn't I, I count. I mean, John, I mean John. <laughs> Voigt is our home run leader from that shortened mm. season. All right. Yeah. So I'm I'm taking that. And okay. but I'm not taking a championship. That comes with an asterisk. Yeah, Grisham's a fine center fielder. I think he'd be better in a corner spot, but he's a he's a fine center fielder. And the weird thing is, like, no one can really figure out what he is as a hitter. They're like, is he a, is he a leadoff guy? Is he a bottom of the lineup guy? Is he a middle of the lineup guy? Like, what is he? And they keep moving him around. They did it last year. They're already doing it this year to try and figure out, like, where is he most comfortable? And I think he keeps asking to be the leadoff guy because I think he thinks that's what he is. But I don't know if that's what he is. I don't think he's disciplined enough to be the leadoff guy. He, his 
strikeouts are a little too high well, and so, he's a very aggressive with the fucking at the plate, man. Here's the thing. If I was a manager, you would have like, one, if you came to me and asked for something, you'd have one opportunity to prove yourself right before I stopped believing you. Mm. I'd give him a series. Maybe. Trent Grisham was the leadoff hitter yesterday, Sunday. <laughs> First at bat of the game. The game. He sees three fastballs for three strikes, doesn't swing at any of them and strikes out. Sorry, you're not a leadoff hitter. <laughs> <laughs> I like him in the ninth spot. I like it when the the lineup rolls over and he's I, down there and I'm like, because he has his speed. Yeah. yeah. And he knows how to steal a base. When when he's in the ninth spot and eight is Kim or Abrams, there's a really nice rollover yep. effect, right? So that's, that's probably where he works best. His defense is definitely good enough for center field. He's a thumbs up in my book. Um, one thing that happened since the last podcast is, and I got a lot of credit for it because I was the only person saying that I thought it would happen. You give yourself a lot of praise, Gennaro. I do. By all means. Yeah. Uh, is Jose Azokar. What's up, dog? Made the team. What's up? He made the roster. And you know what? Unless I'm wrong, he's been in every single game they've played so far. We like him? He's the late inning defensive replacement. Do we like him? I like him. Okay. I mean, and I, I you, you would know this if you listen to the postgame podcast. I like how he carries himself. Which is not a thing that I normally care about or even notice, but like for white players probably, but for Latin players, I'm pretty sure you sounds about white. <laughs> but he like you know when you see a rookie because the rookie is like unsure of himself, right? And when he makes a mistake or he strikes out, he's getting down on himself. And like, there's none of that with this dude. Like he, you would watch him and you would think this dude's been in the league for ten years. He he's had I think two at bats. He got a hit in one. He struck out in the other. He never, when he got the hit, he was just like, yeah, it's a hit. They're like, oh, first hit of his career, eh, whatever. Business then, as usual. And then he got a strikeout and he just walked off like, eh, I'll get Can him next time. more. Yeah, he was, he was just like, eh, I'll get him next time. Like, it wasn't the like, shit, I'm wasting my opportunity. And I, no, he's just like, I got it. I'm cool. As a fan, what do you like to see more? Somebody who's down on themselves when they strike out or no. somebody who strikes out and just kind of takes this, all right, we'll chalk this one up for a learning experience and let's get him in the next at bat. I mean, it's baseball, right? Mm -hmm. The greatest hitters of all time were- Are 30% fucking effective. Right. So the fact that he struck out in his like second major league at bat and walked off like it was nothing, I was like, this kid has the temperament for baseball, man. Uh, but yeah, he's he's the late inning defensive replacement. I, I, I don't know if he'll ever be a starter on this team or any other, but I like having a backup center fielder. I was really worried they were going to break camp without a backup center fielder. So I like having a backup center fielder. I like having late inning defensive replacement and I, I just, I don't know. I like everything I see with the kid. He had a really good, really good spring training too. Jerickson Profar. Superstar. All of a sudden, everybody likes Profar. I've been looking online and Twitter says I shouldn't like Profar. He's horrible. He's this, he's that. But you look on Twitter now, he's the best. He's our left fielder. He's going to hit 30 home runs and he's going to hit 290. He is what we always thought he would be. How close to that are we? So here's the thing about Jerkson. Mm -hmm. So do you remember the savior? Go ahead. Chase Headley. Oh God. The jewel of the franchise. Jewel of the franchise. Yeah. I remember him as that. <laughs> and he was so, so hyped because he was all we had. Right. Jerkson Profar was the number one prospect in baseball for the Texas Rangers for a couple of years. Yes, sir. They came to calling him the chosen one. And when he tried to get to the Rangers, he was blocked. They had Elvis Andrews. They had Rugnet Odor. 
They had Adrian Beltre. They didn't have a place to play him. They tried playing him here and there, first base, left field, whatever. And he was willing to do it. But he was known as like the five-tool prospect. He had everything. He had the arm. He had the speed. He had the power. He could hit. He was patient at the plate. He had it all. And when he got to the Rangers, it just never all clicked. And then he went to the A's, and he was a good player, not a bad player, not a great player. He was had good. the yips at second base, couldn't really reach the bag every now and then. He sure. Has. Padres traded for him. 2020 becomes the left fielder. He gets hot. He's good, whatever. But there's always been that thing in the back of everyone's mind of like, this is one of the most highly touted prospects in the history of baseball. Like people literally thought this guy had multiple MVPs. Someone shared in our Padres Hot Tub Discord today an article from 2012 that said Jerickson Profar is 10 times the prospect at shortstop as Manny Machado. Go ahead. We have them both now. We have them both. <laughs> and but, Fernando Tatis. So the only, the only time that I can remember a player being so highly touted and then hitting their potential, but hitting their potential in like, their late 20s, almost 30-year-old year was Josh Hamilton. Oof, why did I think that name right now, too? Josh Hamilton? Yeah. But Josh Hamilton lost like eight years to drug addiction. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like he kind of struggled at baseball and then put it all together. So- Heroin's a motherfucker. It is. Uh, I, the reasonable part of my brain says there's no chance that Jerickson Profar is not Jerickson Profar, Right. That he's the same guy that was here last year. He's the same guy we had in 2020. He's the same guy who played with the A's, same guy who played with the Rangers. He's going to hit 225 to 230. He's going to have little to no pop. He's going to play mediocre defense. Like at this point, it almost seems like he's a no tool player, right? He doesn't hit for average. He doesn't hit for power. He doesn't steal bases. His defense is below average. He's patient at the plate. He's one tool player, right? But at one point, he had all the potential in the world. Maybe the new hitting coach is finding a way to unlock it. Mm -hmm. Maybe Bob Melvin is exactly what he needed. Who the hell knows? Uh, and this is what I was saying earlier. Like, I don't need to predict it. Do I think it's going to continue at this pace? I want to. I really want to. I want to believe that they've unlocked the jerks and profile that everyone thought was inside of jerks and profile. That would be amazing. I'll definitely take that. We have backup outfielders, Beatty. Uh, haven't seen too much of him to make a legitimate. He played one game. He yeah, didn't get a hit. Haven't seen him. I not like his approach. I mean, he seems like a grinder. He seems like somebody who's really dedicated to what, what he's doing when he's doing it. Is that because he's wearing glasses? I think so, man. Yeah. He, he, he gives Makes me, him look like he gives me that nerd feel. What was yeah. the name of the potter we used to have? We tried, Eric Sogard. He's a, and then he went, yeah. And then he went to the A's. He gives, he gives me that kind of feel. Eric Sogard, I think made an all-star team with yeah. the A's like yeah. two years yeah, ago. He, he gives me that kind of feel. Um, that's about it as it relates. Oh, Luke Voigt, dog. Luke Voigt. Go ahead. I love him. Yeah. You love him? Swag. White no, boy just, swag. No, just like the White boy swag, dog. Just the perform. Well, I mean, the dude is super proud of his muscles. Well, wouldn't he be? Look at that guy. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> I've, like, I kind of want to go to a Padres game just so that during a Luke Voigt at bat, I can yell, what do you think would happen? You're going to get escorted out. You got to watch your mouth. I mean, he's beefcake. No <laughs> I'm just shouting the truth. Um, I was bummed that he missed two fucking 90 plus fastballs right down the dick. Didn't yeah. make contact. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're here to make those things disappear. Well, hilariously, that was Profar's thing last year was if you look at Profar's like stats as advanced stats and all that stuff last year, the easiest way to get jerks and Profar out was to throw a fastball down the middle. Mm -hmm. He couldn't hit it. He could hit anything else, but fastball down the middle, he's fucked. Ugh. Um, 
So I, hopefully that's not a thing with Luke Voigt. But what I love about Luke Voigt is that he came to hit bombs and he hasn't hit him yet. And his on-base percentage is like 550. Mr. Leads the team in walks and shit, bro. Jesus <laughs> Christ, this dude is always on base. And he is in the middle of the lineup and the bottom half of the lineup is good. And pretty much every rally they've had starts or includes a Luke Voigt walk. I'm with it. To find ways to contribute when you're not doing the thing that they brought you to do is fucking awesome. I fucking love that. He played first base as well, right? When uh, we faced the lefty. Yeah, it's Caleb cool. Smith. Yes, right. Thank you. Yeah, he played solid. For yeah, man. Days. He stretched. I dude. think so. Hosmer doesn't stretch. I think. Anymore. I think we're 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 sold on Mr. Lou Voigt. I like. Luke I'm Voigt. a big fan. Yeah. Uh, aside from Bob Melvin, Ruben Nebula, I'm big fucking fan. Love that. Did he fix everybody? Maybe. 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 Maybe, bro. Never in the history of fucking baseball has an opening series had two pitchers go six innings plus with no hit ball in consecutive matches. I also, this is going to be like nerdy baseball, but maybe, I'm ready. maybe you're there with me. So the Padres have a coach who I think is like their catching instructor. Okay. Okay. Francisco Cervelli. Oh yeah. You remember him? Yeah. He's Yankee catching. pirate. Pirate. Yeah. I remember him with the pirates and cause with the pirates was like, it was like the second half of his career. He was the veteran dude. And he would just like over he, who, what do you mean? Who was he veteran over? Jason Kendall. Go ahead. Proceed. No, no, no. I think it was post Jason Kendall, but he would like, he was the type of veteran player that would drive pitchers nuts with his at bats and like would catch a great game. And like, he just, he was, was pesky. He, he was pesky and he was smart and he was tenacious. And uh, I read this story, Kevin, in addition to bandwagon beach being a great sub stack that you can, you should subscribe to. Kevin AC does a daily newsletter for the union tribune that you should subscribe to as well. It's great. And it's is it free? Yeah. Oh shit. And it's basically all the, I mean, I'm not a Union Tribune subscriber, but I- Padre's Twitter tells me to hate Kevin AC. Should I hate Kevin AC? A little bit. Okay, okay. But the newsletter's fantastic. Because <laughs> it's basically all the stories that he's picked up along the fringes that he didn't feel like writing about, right? So after the first game, he wrote this great story uh, in the newsletter. So it's very short. It's a couple paragraphs about how, you know, Robert Suarez answered all the media's questions or translator, blah, blah, blah. Soon as he was done, media walked away. Francisco Cervelli walks up, hands him a beer, cracks it open, throws his arm around him, and he's like, it's all right, kid. And then uh, later on, when uh, Suarez walked out of the locker room, Ruben Niebla's got his arm around him, and he's like, it's all right, kid. And I'm like, this is the type of professional culture that baseball thrives in, and we haven't had it because- we need the pitchers to be coddled. We need these yeah. youngsters. But this is the thing. Like that's that's all Bob Melvin just leaking down. Like, hey, I want my pitching coach. He's going to work like this. I want Francisco Cervelli because he knows how to take care of his guys. Like Bob Melvin is the first manager the Padres have hired that has previous MLB managing experience since- Bud Black, that's baseball. No. He didn't have experience when he started? He was the pitching- Oh, he was a pitching coach with the Angels. Mm -hmm. He was not a manager. Oh, fuck, you're right. So the last manager they hired that Hold had on. previous MLB experience as a manager. Wait, no mom, is this gonna go all the way back to Bruce Bochy? Bruce Bochy did Tampoco? Not. Jesus no. fucking Christ. Mm -mm. Trader Jack. Yes. No way. Yes. <laughs> Which was like the 80s, yeah. right? So it basically, as long as we've been alive. Probably the best jerseys on the fucking, in the history of the franchise. Sure, though, too. the Taco Bell hat. Mm, with the uh, pinstripes brown. Yeah, so uh, just seeing stuff like that, like a support system in place of like, how do we deal with this kid who just had his MLB debut and got shelled? 
And it's not like, fuck, I don't, I don't know. Maybe we just, I don't know. Let's, tr- let's throw them a party or whatever. Like there's no like on the fly thinking. It's like, we know how to handle this. Yeah. You throw your arm around them. You crack a beer. You tell them we've all been there. You tell them stories about other guys that have been there. We have an SOP for this exact situation. Exactly. Go ahead and go and look it up. Bring it up. Yeah, that's the one. Yep. Grab them a beer. Throw your arm around them. Tell let's them. sit them down. Yep. Let's give them some hard, honest truths. Yep. You shit the bed, bro. And and but make, guess what? There's going to be all opportunities to make it up. Make sure he hears it from the catching instructor, the pitching coach, the manager. The other pitchers, his catcher, like everyone is- Padres the, Twitter. No, not Padres. Not, no, 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 not Padres Twitter. But just the the support system in place, I was just like, oh, this, like all of a sudden it just feels like this is a this is a professional team. And 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 now you're seeing professional results. I was talking to a homie when, before the season started and they're like, oh, he was bummed. He's like, fuck, dude, we didn't get anybody. Everybody told me the same shit. We reach out and we try to get it. We get coaches. And I was like, bro, like take a step back and realize what we did get. We fucking got Bob Melvin. He's, gonna, he's a top five manager in baseball. This is what I said to Craig last year. Is like, well, so the Padres were good last year until they weren't, and then they were terrible. And we, at the end of the year, we were like, who's to blame? What happened? And everyone came back to the same person. It's Jace Tingler. It's Jace Tingler or it's Eric Hosmer, right? Well, Why they, not both? Why not both? <laughs> so what they do, they went and they got the best manager in baseball. They went and they got maybe the best pitching coach in baseball. If not, top two, for sure. They went and they stole the hitting coach from the San Francisco Giants, who hit like crazy last year. Can't hit this year. Did more with less. Did more with less last year. So, yeah, they didn't sign any big free agents. They traded for Sean Mania. That's great. But they didn't sign any big free agents. But what they did was, I think maybe they fixed the problem that they had. Yeah. Now, again, all of this with the caveat of like, they, they were playing the Diamondbacks. And the Diamondbacks it doesn't matter. Terrible, but... It just feels- You can already see the difference, bro. You can already see the changes. You can already see the pitching confidence. I didn't see that last year. And I'm gonna guess I'm I'm kind of judging it on the last two months of the season too, when we were fucking throwing people out there that didn't deserve to be thrown out there at that time. There's also a level of, and like pitchers will tell you this, if you talk to them, like I, I'm gonna use a phrase I hate. I hate when other people use, you ready for this? To a man- To a man, <laughs> pitchers will tell you that what they value the most is having their expectations set appropriately. So I'm sure Bob Melvin went to you, Darvish, and Sean Mania and, and Joe Musgrove, and everyone else and said, you're good for about 90 pitches. When you hit 90, I'm taking you out. I don't care if you have a no-hitter. I'm sorry. Taking you out. And so then when they when Sean Mania is at 88 pitches and he's got a no-hitter, you Darvish at 92 pitches, he's got a no-hitter. They're not shocked when Bob Melvin's walking out because he told them. They're not pounding the mitt. They're not yapping. They're not throwing the ball to the manager all disrespectfully. And I don't think Andy Green or Jace Tingler, A, set expectations appropriately, or B, had like the weight to do so. Mm. Like if they told, if if Jace Tingler told Sean Mania, I'm going to pull you after 90 pitches no matter what, Sean Mania would be like, who the fuck are you? You're five foot six. You never played a day in Major League Ball. Who the fuck are you? Damn, you think he would do that? <laughs> I mean, kind of, I think there was a lot of that the last yeah. couple of years with Andy Green and like, look, I'm, uh, as a, as a guy who's five, seven in baseball, height means a lot. And the only thing that means more than height is MLB experience. And Bob Melvin's got both. That dude is six, four. He played for the San Francisco Giants with Mudcat. They were on the same team. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, but, and that, that, that's respect right there, right? You've been one of us. Jace Tingler was not one of them. Andy Green was not one of them. He was a killer minor league player, bro. Who cares? <laughs> You're a, a hater, dog. A lot, a lot of people are Crash Davis. Yeah. Not a lot of yeah, people that are Manny Machado. Yeah. Not a lot of people that are Eric Hosmer. Lot, not a lot of people that are you Darvish. So 
mean, Bud Black, he pitched in the majors. That meant something. But also, pitchers are not MLB. They're they're not everyday players. Damn, I I work with some people who are professional or professional baseball players in, in Japan who would see things differently. Oh no! I, look, what a fucking hater! I'm gonna have to introduce you to him. I'm I'm not saying I don't respect them. Uh-huh. I'm saying like I don't think Jace Tingler ever had the respect of the clubhouse. I don't think Andy Green ever had the respect of the clubhouse. And I think like but but that's earned. And I don't think one they were giving enough time to do that, and they don't have the prereqs uh, experience to kind of walk into the clubhouse and demand it based on what I've done. Yeah, Bob Melvin does. Oh, Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin has it for the whole fucking squad. Bob Melvin could have walked in and put down. Here's the AL Manager of the Year award I mm. won with the A's. Here's the NL Manager of the Year award I won with the Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. Do you have any questions? No, I didn't think so. I'll My door's always tomorrow. open. Yeah. Let's get it done. Yeah, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Like, yeah, it's it's the. I'm excited for that more than anything else. It is the biggest free agent signing that happened this offseason. Yeah. Is the Padres we stealing, fucking stole him from the A's, stealing bro. him from the Oakland A's. We fucking took it from Billy from Bradley Pitt. We went and said, Brad Pitt, we're taking Bob Melvin with us. Sorry. By the way, Brad Pitt, <laughs> I saw a story right before I came here. Brad Pitt has a movie production company now because who doesn't? And he's trying to make Beetlejuice 2. I saw. It's been like 30 years. He still wants Michael Keaton there too. Michael Keaton wants to do it too. <laughs> How do you explain a ghost getting old? I mean, it happens. And I How do you know it doesn't? I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so mad. What, I, is that have legs? Is, is it is it happening? Yeah, I think it is. Fuck yeah, bro. But like I saw it. I was like, how do you explain a ghost getting old? Like, here's the thing. I, I'm just realizing this now. I love Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. I loved him as Beetlejuice. I loved him in Jackie Brown. He's fantastic in Jackie Brown. I've seen him in a number of different things. He's fantastic. I lo- he was a good Batman. My life is one of my favorite. Jackie Brown and My Life, where he has cancer and he has an unborn child, wife is still pregnant. I don't know. And he makes a movie. series of videos kind of dictating, this is how you shave, this is how you're a gentleman, this is oh. how, and he creates a whole series of videos. And it's weird, it's a sappy moment, because that's kind of why I do the podcast. So when I die, that my kids, if, if I should die untimely, prior to them getting older, it's like, they'll at least be able to look back and be like, damn, my dad was a piece of shit. He was a fucking asshole talking so all a, this crap. There's a real version of this. Go ahead. That's not a, it's not a, well, it's a movie, but it's a documentary. So, um, so in the, the New Orleans Saints, when Katrina happened, and they couldn't play in the Superdome anymore, right? Uh, the first game back in the Superdome after Katrina was a Monday night football game. It was a big game. The Saints like needed to win to make the playoffs. And they ended up winning on a late blocked punt that got returned for a touchdown. The dude that blocked the punt was like a special teamer or whatever. Rudy. And kind of, yeah. Little like guy fought for his roster spot, fought in college. Like nothing was ever given to him. He was not an athletic freak. He's just a little grinder, right? And uh, like two years after he blocked the punt, he got diagnosed with ALS, I think. And now he's like, he's in a wheelchair. He's basically quadriplegic. Mm. Um, but when he got diagnosed with ALS, he started making videos because he had a he had a baby boy. And he was like, I'm going to make you a video. This is how you shave. Nice. This, this is how you talk to women. This is how you whatever. And so the documentary took all those videos and then, you know, kind of put them in between. Like, here's this guy getting worse and worse and worse and like trying his best to be a great dad while his body is quitting on him, right? It's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. But you should watch it. It's, it where is it? Where can I find that? Should uh, I call Craig? This sounds like some crossing stream shit right now, bro. It's on. It's on Amazon. Uh, I'll look it, in. It was like it was like an Amazon Prime thing. I'm sure if I Google like Saints ALS movie. shit that will make me cry. 
streaming now. Right. I, I love I love googling like <laughs> random shit. It's called Gleason. Gleason. Okay, because yeah, the dude's name is Steve Gleason. I like um, him already. I'm pretty sure you can find it on on Amazon Prime. It's like an hour and twenty minutes. It's really it's a quick watch, but you will cry. There's no way. You I don't cry. All right. Maybe I will. You know why I do cry? Why? When our starting pitching is so fucking deep so far. So including Blake Snell, who's already fucking you know on the IL. Including well, not yet, but maybe he will be, and probably. it's fine. And it's probably fine. it is and fine. fine because that you know what that means. It's Friday, Mackenzie Gore debut day. That's what I think. We'll be there. That's what I think. We'll be there. You and me. Oh fuck, I'm there, bro. I'm putting yeah. my arm around you. I'm cracking Ooh, a beer and bro, handing bro. it to you. When, you. when you're gonna tell me it's okay, I'm, kid? I'm Francisco Cervelli. <laughs> Cervelli right. style. All right, kid. We're here. We're seeing Mackenzie Gore. We have an opportunity right now to rest pitchers and prep them for. The dog days of summer. I don't know, bro. You white people create some weird ass sayings. What the oh, I don't, I don't fuck know. does a dog days of summer mean? Never know. Jesus Christ. I've and woof. Been. I've been around white people who some shit will happen. They go woof. And I'm like, what happened? Oh, I've done woof before. I don't know what that means. Uh, it's like, oh man, that's terrible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Woof. Yeah. Right, woof. Woof. With it. I think it started <laughs> as just like, ugh, and then it turned into woof somehow. Blake Snell. We love our dogs. Not a woof. I don't feel like, oh, I don't feel like that's, it, it's as bad. I'm happy that he can have an opportunity to take a step back and relax and get back on the mend and feel better. We have Here's, people that can jump in right now. Right now, we currently have people. This is the thing. And this is why, like, my dick is 12 feet long right now. Whoa. That, that happens last year. Blake Snell, he's getting ready to start. He's warming up. He's on the lineup card. Time comes, boom. Here comes the old Chris Matt out of the bullpen. Jace Tingler would have run through every arm he had. We would have pitched 900 guys. And Bob Melvin was like, no, we're going to pitch our low leverage relievers that we don't really care about. They're, you know, they'll throw two innings at a time. Yeah. And when we go to play the Giants, we're not going to miss them because we know against the Giants, we're going to need all the high leverage. All relievers. the high leverage arms are fresh and ready to roll. So, so Javi Guerra, you're not pitching against, against the Giants. Who cares? Yeah. Robert Suarez, you're not pitching against the Giants. Who cares? Wow. Ooh. I really whited up Suarez. Go ahead, bro. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even fuck with you, bro, because I, I know you're on, a, you're on a roll. And when you're on a roll, you get that white boy look on your face. I like, where the fuck is the mayonnaise? Give me a cucumber sandwich. I'm like, oh, do your thing, boy. Jesus do your thing. Right. Go ahead. Um, Bob Melvin managed the shit out of that game yesterday. And he managed it in a way that put the team in a really, really good position to play the Giants tonight. And I was just sitting there going, Jace Tingler wouldn't do this. Andy Green wouldn't do this. Hell, early Bruce Bochy wouldn't do this. Like, this is a manager masterclass, what he did. So I'm- I'm Some people would say manager of the year material. Hopefully. We'll see. I mean, they probably gotta make the playoffs have to happen. Yeah. Win the NOS? Hey! What do you think? What? Winning the NOS? Make your prediction right now, bro. We're one series in. I mean, before the season, I think I said 87 wins. Mm -hmm. Craig Elson said 84. I still feel good about 87. Good. Good. I'm with it, man. I like this team. I'm excited. Thursday's right around the corner. I want to see them against a good team. Well, I mean, that starts tonight. Starts tonight. That starts tonight. I don't know who's throwing for the Giants. Haven't looked yet. Uh, Logan Webb? No. Oh. Alex Cobb? Oof, both of those guys kind of own us. I think it's Alex Cobb, and then tomorrow is Alex something else, and then it's Logan Webb on uh, Wednesday. They're not a team to overlook anymore. They're a team that's- No, they're legit. Yeah, they, yeah. they've won, <clears throat> even though they've been horrible on paper. They're a shitty team on paper. 
but they still have an opportunity to make it work. If you look at their lineup, Go they ahead. basically have three guys that are hitting right now. I mean, it's it's been like three games for them. They have three guys that are hitting and uh, no one else. And so it's it's at some point those bats are probably going to come alive, but. It's just weird because last season they just started off on a fucking tear and everyone's like, well, it's early. Let the, it'll come back down. And this year, let's see what happens. That Where was the me. Fuck, I, kept, the I kept saying, tear. I was like, giants are going to fall apart. And they never did. You're falling apart on me. Why you look so tired? How many podcasts do you have today? Dude, this is three of five. I yawn anyway, though. Like you and Caesar, bro. I feel like I bore you guys. Like no, you start like, yawning and you know, no, I've, talk, I've, I've talked to other people that say the same thing. Like when they get in front of a microphone, they start talking, they start yawning. It has something to do with like smoke more weed. Uh, do you have it? I always have it. What do you need? Weed. Psilocybin. How do you say that? Psilocybin. Psilos. What is that? That's the fucking the 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 uh, the hallucinogenic component in mushrooms. You can microdose that now. It gets me focused. It gets me in the zone. I'm ready so you, to party. You don't hallucinate. No, 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 no. You're not doing it like that. You're yeah, not. I mean, you're, you said hallucinogenic. It's that component on a microdose scale. So you're taking it on very low tiers. I mean, I've done the microdose like mm -hmm. acid. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is a family broadcast, my friend. What's Go. the difference? Uh, I don't know. Mushrooms is from the earth. From the earth. Uh, fucking acid. It just has a scary fucking name. I'm not about that <laughs> shit. I think the Padres will be in the playoffs simply because they allow 18 teams out of every fucking league now or some shit. You're probably right. <laughs> they will make the playoffs. Everyone will be healthy. Just imagine, bro, in a, in a perfect world. Everyone will be healthy. In a perfect no world. No one gets hurt. In a perfect world. And we're all happy. This is what my lineup our, looks our like. Our dicks bro. are all three all feet right? long. I just, I just needed to be six inches. That's it. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> Low level. Listen. Here. Expectation setting. Jay Cronenworth at first. Ugh, don't do this. I'm telling you, this is this is this is my fucking podcast that I've won awards to. I've won awards in this podcast, bro. I'm just letting <gasps> you know. It right. up? It is. Go ahead, look it up. It's right there. Boom, winner, best podcast in all of the land. We don't have one of those. No, I can let you borrow it if what you want. What is with like the rock salt lamp, dude? This room is haunted, bro. Do you not listen to the podcast? Are you not a member of the social club? This room is haunted. Was this the ghost podcast you did with Chicle and his wife? Leg no, yeah, we didn't do it here though. We did it offsite. But this, where you're sitting, it's it's that's where the ghost is. I put a fucking uh, a pan dulce, a little uh, how do you say it? a sweet bread in British? Yeah, a crumpet, if you will, donut, uh, whatever, uh, and a bottle of water. One of the ladies that had come in here, I've had a couple of young ladies that have come in here and said, "Hey." Yes, it's haunted. Yes, there's spirits. Yes, there's things going along. Wait, no, no, like you have professional like spirit guides that yeah. come in here? Yeah. No, you don't. Affirmative. Yes. You believe, A, you believe in taking pictures on the beach with jeans rolled up to your fucking calves with white button down shirts and putting <laughs> them in your hallway and framing them and look at, that's what you motherfuckers do? And Carl's bad at wherever the fuck you're from? Right. Oh, but the sand just feels amazing between my toes. Motherfucker, I go out to people who are medians and are connected to the netherworld and can tell me what the fuck is going on in my office and why does it seem haunted? They came in and they said, it's haunted, bro. But you, it's not like negative haunted. No, no, that's exactly what they said. She, I mean, the business yeah. is doing well. Yeah. Hey, man, but we got to throw that shit in here, man. What? Don't, that, don't put that in the atmosphere. Relax. Things are going good. I put a fucking pan dulce in a bottle of water. And that's they like said, a, feed it. They said, yeah. Feed it. Make it offering. Let it know that you're, you know, and I do. I'm very respectful and, and I do believe, it? bro. No. Yes. No. Yes. And nobody fucking believes me, but nobody can come in here. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody what I did. <laughs> I didn't tell anybody. 
Gennaro, you can. You motherfucker. I didn't tell this anybody. This is so much better than banter. And I put the fucking bread you and the be, water. Do you want to be my new co host? This is so much better. <laughs> Not if you're in Carl's bed, bro. I got no business in Carl's no, bed. My current host doesn't want me in Carl's bed either. Fuck it, I'll go. Um, and I put the bottled water, the bottle, um, the top on the bottle was screwed off, and there was. It was less water in there. It wasn't full. It wasn't. It wasn't like halfway. Like this motherfucker doesn't have a thirst for life because he's dead. But so he has like a little, a little sip, bit. So you knew. It, yeah, you and knew. it was unscrewed, bro. It was unscrewed. I've seen ghosts. It takes a lot of energy for them to like unscrew shit. You know, I've seen the movie. <laughs> I've seen the fucking movie. I know how it works. So and, and then on the pan dulce, it was a conchita, conchita, a, a shell. It yeah, was yeah, a shell, yeah. the little the one, one. The one I'm about to steal from. The, you. That yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And it had gnawings on it. I took no way. Yeah, bro. That it kind of freaked me Were out. Were you gonna say you took pictures? I took pictures of I it. Wanna yeah. I, well, I think they're long gone now. Oh, it's been a while. Of course. I showed wifey. I showed wifey the fucking the the pan dulce, the shell, the the conchita. I said, look. And anybody who was wanting to pay attention, look. This bread has nines on it. Nines. And, it, and it's like, whoo, whoo, you know, like when a rat gnaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You looked at me like you didn't know. It's a silent G, bro. No. Um, I've just never heard the word gnawings. Yeah. It had like gnaw marks. Gnaw marks. Gnaw okay, marks sure. on it. Like two little teeth, teeth on the front. Teeth marks. There are no rats. I mean, Everything is closed. You can't come in here. There's no way in. There's no way out. This I'm is looking, it. I'm looking around you. Yeah. Right. There's no, there's no, there's no. It entry. freaked me the fuck out, Gennaro. So full circle. They said, bring some crystals. Here are some crystals. Is that for, why the crystal? I've always yeah. wondered why that was there. There's a crystal here. And then there's that uh, salt lamp there. It, it's a whole fucking pedo. I believe in it now. I've never seen a ghost. You got to gotta smudge the room. Yeah. Well, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Uh, Do so, I rub an egg on it or what? what no, 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 no. You, you get, uh, oh, shit, you get like incense mm -hmm. and you, like special incense and you burn the incense in the room. I don't want the motherfucker gone. No, he's it makes been, him happy. He's been nothing but good to me. No, it makes him happy. It, it uh, So smudging a room wards off evil spirits. Okay. So if there's evil spirits that are bothering the good ghost, you, you ward them off. All word on the street right now is that this is a good spirit. He's content with what we're doing. Yeah. He likes what, what we've done with the place. Or and she. It's a he. No, that, yeah, we've been told that he identifies as a he. No, a shit. he ghost. That's a he his ghost. pronoun? Yeah, his pronoun is <laughs> he ghost. So he he's definitely a he. He's, we've been told. Um, I'd leave liquor out, you know? I don't know if he's taking any because I obviously there's no way to judge it. But the water, the bottled water and the pan dulce, bro, I'll go to the fucking grave saying there's a ghost in here and he has good taste. I mean, next time you, I mean, let's just, let's go grab a, a can of the pisto. <laughs> no, crack, crack it open. All those things are counted and accounted for. We can't be fucking giving away pisto right now. You're going to be mad because there's one less. Did you really grab a pisto right now? I was about to. All right, little weenie, I'll give you one. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful time. I'm happy you came on here. <sighs> if you want, I'll give you this so you can release it on your side. Do I, it, man. I, mean, I just I want, want, I want more people listening to your podcast. I, well, that's the reason I want to give it to you. I want more people to pay attention to what you're doing. You know, it being the podcast of the year here at Emo Brown, I feel yeah. it's a big brother mentality, a big brother role. I got to put my arm around you, Cervelli style and be like, Hey kid, Let's do you it. know what? If you keep grinding, you too can have some silverware, some hardware that says dude, best podcast. I remember the early days of Emo <laughs> Brown. I told Caesar, who's now basically your co-host that he needs to listen to your podcast. And he was like, he has a podcast. Yeah, bro. I was like, yeah, dude, it's fun as hell. Like, Caesar ditched me today, bro. I think he's busy. He had, he had a lot of things going on. Too. All right, let's talk about Caesar. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, bro. He's yeah. I don't fuck with Caesar like that. You I just want to talk. I just right. one one thing. Whoa, whoa. One thing, because I want to know if he's done this to you. Because I feel like I feel like I'm on the outs with him. Bro, don't do this because he's already on the outs with glasses. Or are there like I don't know if they're no, fake beefing for no, for, for, for for fucking downloads or something. Here's the thing. I love that man uh -oh. more than more than anyone outside of my wife and child. Right? Oh, yeah. he's, 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 a, he's a fucking godfather to your child. <clears throat> he's not. Oh, no. You're the godfather for his child. 
No. All right, he's, never mind. He's Wrong the guy, white guy. Uh, ben Higgins. Okay, yeah. Taller, taller. Yeah, man. all motherfuckers look the same. That's true. He's just Ben's taller. Um, Massive caps. So me and Caesar for the last oh, six months, we get lunch occasionally, right? He'll hit me up and be like, I miss you. I'd be like, great, I miss you too. Let's get lunch, bro. Great, let's get lunch. And I'll be like, cool, this day, this time, we're going to be here. Place in La Mesa, place in uh, Convoy, like whatever. Every single time I show up and this dude's like, oh, I invited someone else. Every time it's me, him, and some other person. And I'm like, dude, I just, I miss you. That's a Mexican thing. I don't want to meet new people. What am I doing? Like, I'm a, I'm a hermit, dude. I like, I like my people, but I don't mm-hmm. want to meet new people. And every time he's just like, oh, I invited like 10 other people. And I'm like, it got to the point where I was like, do you not like me? Like, do you not want to be in a one-on-one setting? Like what's going on? But then I was like thinking, and I was like, no, you know what? That dude's just so social that he can't help to be like, he knows he's going to be at a place at a time. And he just sends it out to the whole network. Hey, I'm going to be at this place this time. If anyone wants to do lunch and people just start showing up because they love them. That is a Mexican trait. Is it really? Yeah. When we have, when we have carne salas and we have like cousins or friends or whatever, you have to make sure you say, Hey man, I'm inviting you fuck around and bring your neighbor. Stop. Like I'm just inviting you Gennaro cruise down. We're making some meat. We're doing this cruise down. Or you can give the the open invitation. Hey man, you know we're gonna look at the sala, hanging out, watching the fights. Cruise down, man. If you want to bring your friend, groups, that's cool. Yeah, Mexicans don't travel. We don't travel light, my friend. Oh, dude, so we bring a lot of people with us. When I was like 19, 20 years old, forty I, years ago. Yeah, I lived in this apartment, uh, uh, like right across the street from the Lafayette, and I had uh, this balcony, and it overlooked the apartment building next to me. Apartment building next to me had like four or five units, and it was a, a Mexican family. They rented out the whole building. They rented out all four or five units, right? And every night, all the dudes would come home from work with carne asada and uh, like a, a 30 pack of- Modelo time. I, it was like a 30 pack of like Coors Light or something. Acceptable. Yeah, right. And uh, and I, I ended up becoming friends with these people because I was a smoker at the time. So I'd always be on the balcony. They'd say, hey, you want some carne asada? Come on down. And so I'd go down with them. And then I, I, I like once a week, I would buy a, like a 30 pack of Coors Light. I'd just leave it in their front door, like right when they were going to come home. And they would see the big, oh! Oh man, I love those dudes. They yeah. made such good food. Yeah, you make us proud for acknowledging like that. Thank you, Gennaro. I mean, you're all- <laughs> everyone's everyone's got special qualities about him, right? Thank you for coming on the podcast, brother. Thank you for having me. This was Thank fun. Thank you, man. Of course, what the fuck? Did you think it was going to be torturous, bro? No, it's fun. I, I create a nice environment. I feed you whiskey. I feed you mezcal today, beers. If you could want some- uh, I just feel like I'm sitting on a ghost now. Oh, well, you know, he would tell me otherwise. You're fine. He's good. Uh, you know what? I'm going to leave a bread out there today. I'm going to take a picture of it. I'll take a bread. You that's know what? Your, that's that's yeah. to keep That's my happy. offering to you, and the then fucking we'll Casper some- over here. <laughs> and then I'm going to put another piece of bread right here on a napkin. And I, no water. I'm going to leave a shot. I'm going to leave a, a little, shot little, of bucanitas. Oh. Some bucanitas. And then I'll take a picture and I'll come in tomorrow and we'll see what happens. It happened once before and I've only done it once. We'll see what the fuck happens. I might sneak, sneak in just for the bucanitas. Bro, it's closed. You don't come south of the fucking 94. Where do you live right now? Uh, SDSU. Yeah, you don't come south of the 94, bro. I'm here right now. Not after hours. You know better. <laughs> you know. What's your go-to taco shop? Where do you go for fucking tacos? Trujillo's. Again, what? Trujillo's. Where's that? Uh, there's one right on the SDSU campus. And then- Trujillo's, Trujillo's. All right. 
Uh, like literally, so if you drive like college and Montezuma on the corner, there's a gas station and then there's a taco shop back behind the gas station. I but, know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. yeah everyone yeah, yeah, knows yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. uh, and then they, they have another location that's like closer to me. Although maybe it closed. It's in like a Howard Johnson, which I didn't even know Howard Johnson. The fuck is the, the switch hitting third baseman for the New York Mets in the 80s? <laughs> the fuck? No. So there's, it's a Howard Johnson. Like, hey man. Turn into something else. I'm growing on you. You're going to want me to start doing this hot tub Padre shit with you, huh? Dude, I'm yeah. ready, dog. Anytime you want to come north in a 94, nah, come man, on. We can, we can, you see this little machinery right here? It's called a roadcaster, sir. You don't need to have to do anything. We can just make a phone call, take it, and it's all Gucci. Don't that's, be scared. That's fine. But then who's going to feed me mezcal? Your lady, fool. She's from Dallas, right? Yeah. Don't they have mezcal down there? It's border state. I don't know. She drinks wine. Yeah? Oh, I still got a bottle of wine that you brought me. Do that's you really? the, Yeah, I do. Your father-in-law, you said- Oh, no, ma- that's port. Oh, what is- What? That's port. Guess you say port? Uh, so port is dessert wine. It's like- uh, Oh, wait, go ahead. What is dessert what? Dessert wine. Yes. So you brought me a bottle of wine. Oh, no, that's port. I mean, it's just like, don't- don't set hairs of glass of red wine for you because they'll be like, what the fuck is this? Is it hard? Like next level shit? Let's open it up. I'm not opening up. I got shit to do, bro. This is my last podcast of the day. I'm not here to party with you all day. Oh, this is your last all right? one? Yeah, this. I'm not Fredo, Lucky dog. You. I'm fucking Don Corleone. <laughs> I've got to go round up my little family and, and get them to baseball practice and fucking jujitsu. You know who the fuck I am? Uh, you are- I'm Mo Green. You're not Mo Green. You're not Mo Green. <laughs> you're one of the random white guys that the sister fucking dated and brought around, bro. That's who the fuck you are. <laughs> I'm the dude who got the garage oh, in the fucking shit. limo. Ladies and gentlemen, John Gennaro. 